This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. the other way with it right i I decided to have fun brian not to have the blaring blah go off in my ear again all the time but but it's gonna do it regardless so i know that i know that and since i did the intro and outro for this episode that's all i hear now it's just there's that little motif on top of it it's almost oh that's right twilight zoney the littlest motif ever it's very doctor Who-y. that's true Today we're talking about episode number three of Loki, called Lamentis. Lamentis. I don't know what it means, but we'll find out soon, I'm sure. This show Man. just appropriately took its foot off the gas. Yeah. That's the only way I could put it, because yeah. the first two episodes, we're getting world dumped. Big time. Just, here's an orange animated clock who's going to tell you how shit works here. Exactly. And now they're just like, hey. No more world dumping. Here's some character dumping. You're like, oh, man, thank you. It's a different kind of dump, and I was ready for it. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to switch up your dumps. I think we should just get right into this thing, because this is deep. This is one of the deep episodes. It is. Already. It's it's doing some some heavy lifting, emotional-wise. Again. Every one of these episodes has done some sort of heavy lifting. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, let's, let's pause the story and- Get our emotions in check. Let's let's dive into okay. the dump of another color. <laughs> that is the weirdest Wizard of Oz thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what else is weird? No Marvel fanfare again. They took it away. They gave it to us. They take it away. It's- I don't get it, man. That's a two out of three. And in meatloaf math, that's not that's bad. Not bad. But I'm confused. It, but it's different every time. Like the first time, it was it was music, but it wasn't like popular music now they're jarring yeah now they're playing then they gave like it a, to us and now they're just like no 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 you got your giacchino once yeah now we're on episode Giacchino, three. sorry <laughs> right <laughs> i forgot to <laughs> now it's episode three and we're gonna give you i don't know something you'd hear on the radio right i'm confused it's very different what's also confusing is we get to see lady loki but she's not loki'd up not at all she's sitting at a tiki bar with a f- quote-unquote friend yeah, and it's Hunter C-20. It sure is. The kidnapped guard from last episode who gave it all away. I thought we were never going to see her again. I was convinced we were not. And then to start the episode, here she is, just in civilian attire. Lady Loki is trying to manipulate her by talking about brain freezes and how memory kind of just gets locked up and stalled within your head and that you can't actually recall thoughts whenever you sip on a delicious tiki drink. A little too quickly. <laughs> and the question that she asked her is like, let's test this out. And she asked her, takes a big sip, and she goes, what's the question? She says, how many people are guarding the timekeepers? Oh, that, that question kind of takes her back, takes her back. It does. And it makes you realize, this is fuckery. Oh, okay. Something's happening here. Okay. <laughs> We're getting some Loki-isms in this tie-dye t-shirt wearing blonde. That's exactly it. And she's going to ask again. And we're finally going to get an answer because we get to kind of zoom out of this. And you see, she's doing the whole mind manipulation thing, putting her fingers on her temples and there's green. That's how you know the bad She's is doing it. her enchantments. Exactly. We find out that the timekeepers 
have a golden elevator. Whoa. It's so funny that they're like, where are the timekeepers? Where are the time- Oh, I told her where the timekeepers are. It just turns out that they're on the top floor of the TVA. Could have seen that coming any right? day. No oh, they're, in the, they're in the penthouse suite of the TVA. You got to take the golden elevator to get there. Of course. Where else would they right. be? It's almost well, I mean, it's brilliant. the guys who are set up definitely is not the good guys and are probably the bad guys, the timekeepers. Yeah, definitely yeah, top floor of wherever they will be. Whatever building they're set up in, something it's we're top gonna floor because it's a bad guy move, and I'm convinced as you should be too. <laughs> you should be. I had inklings of it last week, and we didn't talk about it, but now I'm, I'm ready. We'll get there. Lady Loki's going to show up at the TVA. She's going to start touching heads, and she's going to realize it doesn't work. Oh, powers don't work in the TVA. Right, but good thing she's got her ass-kicking foot, and she kicks all the asses. She kicks so much ass, and she, she and steals one of the, the stickies. And the she melty sticks. erasing people with the eraser end of the stick. That's <laughs> such a weird way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, TVA Training 101, here's your stick. Uh, if you turn it this way, you get to draw a silly mustache on it. Time doesn't matter. <laughs> and you flip it this way, you erase them from existence. All right. It's perfect. Succinct entry into the TVA manual. That's exactly it. Operation Ticonderoga was a big success when they made those sticks. <laughs> the first version failed. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why you got to go with a number two stick. Exactly. That right there is a prop dump. Loki shows up to the TVA because, you know, he followed her through the portal, like like we saw at the end of episode two. And he's like, I'm going to go get her. But first, let me stop at these lockers and get my daggers. Good enough. You know, pretty smart. <laughs> yep, weapon up. Unless, you know, you're in a time crunch. But, you know, time works different there, so. I was going to say, they're not in, they're just in a, like, a, a crunch. Just a, They're putting their own pressure on themselves at this point, yeah. in a way, because time doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. Although, maybe the people that work there are probably, you know, trying to stop them. Right. We'll get there. We'll get there right now, because the people that oh, work okay. there are trying to stop them. <laughs> Ravona Renslayer shows up while, while Lady Loki and Loki are fighting amongst each other and with the, the time, the TVA employees. Right. The it's hunters. just all around. The guards. I don't know what to call them anymore. Right. Ravona the judge. She shows up and she's like, hey, you guys got to stop right there. You can't go in that golden elevator. I'm going to zap you with my eraser stick. Exactly. And then Loki portals both of them out of there before she can fight them. I mean, it's a smart move. It's really, a- when someone's about to fight you and you realize, I don't want to get erasered, man. Yeah. Just portal out. If you have the option, do it. And we got a name of these little portal machines. They're called Tempads, which is, you That's know. That's right. Steve Jobs was just like, yeah, you know, just put pad at the end of it. <laughs> Nailed it. It's like a temporal exactly. pad. Tempad. The only problem with what he does is that he portals them to an unknown place. Just picked a random apocalypse. And they're about to fight again, him and Lady Loki. And then a meteor just comes through the roof, smashes in. <laughs> Loki's like, is that one of your powers? She's like, absolutely not. Where are we? Nope. Did it look green? Wasn't me. Wasn't her. They go outside and she goes, you son of a bitch. This is Lamentus. Lamentus won. The year 2077, we learn that the moon is about to crash into the planet. Not Great. I thought it was the opposite, which I thought was a fun twist. I thought the planet was about to crash into the moon. Either way, a big celestial object is, <laughs> is about, about to crash, crash into another a possibly smaller ce- celestial object. <laughs> one orbits the other in some sort of fashion. Yep. I only watched the episode once. The same. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an apocalypse. And Lady Loki's like, what the hell, dude? 
anywhere in the space-time continuum we could have gone to, and you apocalypsed us? I feel like the intent was always to apocalypse them so they didn't cause any ripples. And so they didn't cause any ripples. Traceable, but, but he still, picked so the worst possible one because it's there a were really bad one. no survivors on this one. Right. <laughs> it makes me think, like, did she have the tempad just, like, programmed for, I want to go to bad place? It's a good question. Ted Danson sitting there going, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this even occurred. If she has it like saved in her weird tempad GPS of times, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I feel know like she just has a bunch momentous. of apocalypse bookmarked, and he just picked one to get out of there. That's a very basic move, and now she's devastated. And yeah, and also the tempad is is uh, the battery's dead. That's not ever what you want. And Loki has somehow you know how he does his little tricky thing where he hides stuff in midair. He's done that with a temp pad, and she's like, well, now I guess I need to keep you alive for a while. Got a lot of questions about where he hides things. Don't want them answered anytime soon. Agreed. We find out that Loki can't be enchanted. Very important to note. It is very important. We also find out that Lady Loki says, don't call me that. I don't want to be a Loki. I want to be Sylvie. She named herself. That's kind of like an answer to the question we had last week. Where you said that the foreign titles, the credits at the end had her name as Sylvie, right? Yeah, and we were, we were hypothesizing whether or not she could be Enchantress or not. Still might be. Who Still knows? might be. I mean, the only power she has is enchantment, it seems. So it works. It seems like another classic Marvel mashem up of two different characters. Exactly. We also get to find out what makes a Loki a Loki. And proper Loki answer says independence, authority, and style. Oh, style as he pops his collar. Big fan. It was excellent. I loved it. What I don't love is we have 12 hours to get off Lamentus because all hell's about to break loose. There are meteors dropping everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's, it's getting so hectic. It's bad. It's bad. So what they need to do is they need to find a power source to charge the Tempad. And they find this little hut, and they're like, all right, let's check this out. And Loki's like, hey, brute force and violence is no substitute for diplomacy. Let's try to do this my way. So naturally, Sylvie kicks in the door, and it does not go well. No, there's an old lady in there, and she's got a big old blaster. Right? It's a burn after reading moment with Brad Pitt. It really is. <laughs> Sylvie goes flying, and Loki's like, mm, told you so. But then I like how Loki takes a peek inside that door, he sees the picture, and then he just becomes like the woman's husband, if you will. Dick move. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's a dick move or not. It's one of those things where a crazy lady just kicked in your door, and you blasted her square on in that sternum area. Yeah. And then the next person who comes in is the husband. It's like, I don't think that's the husband. Right away. Yeah, that's fair that she, I mean, but at the same time, if she was even fooled for a second, dick move. If this husband is, is you know, fallen to this apocalypse or has been missing for a long time. Well, I mean, Loki gives himself up right away, too, because he starts calling her, like, sweetie or whatever. And she's just <laughs> like, no. And she blasts him. She's like, he hasn't said anything nice to me in 30 years. <laughs> like, man, I got so many questions about this lady. Yeah. Who what is, is she waiting for? We're about to get apocalypsed lady? here, and she's guarding a door instead of trying to escape. She must have something important inside that hut. She must. Like pizza. <laughs> you know what? It's Fine. a pizza hut. I should have seen that coming. That's on me. <laughs> as soon as I called it a hut, you should, have, you should have known. You let me pencil, and then you hutted, and you saw mine coming, and I just did not see yours. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Loki and Sylvie are going to get some information from this lady. She's like, yeah, there's a, a ship that's taking away all the, all the rich people, but you got to take a train to get there. But you're not going to get a ticket, so, you know, <laughs> right. good luck. The train's over there. Have fun. 
I found it really funny how when Loki and Sylvia were walking away, she's like, have fun on your side quest. Goodbye. <laughs> Hope you develop some character while I'm along the that way. It's just so self-aware of this show to even put that in there. <laughs> they get to the train station. Sylvia just wants to go and blast things. That's her move. And Loki's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this. Guard, he like transforms into a guard. These guards look funny. They do. They kind of look like Olympic speed skating rejects. Yeah, I was going to say, you know that um, that crazy helmet that Brian Cranston wears and Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> a big, long yeah, like, with the tail on, on it. the back of it. <laughs> it looks like they're all wearing those, but they're also like members of Cobra. Right, because they just have like the blue sweaters. The plan worked. Where's your ticket? And I like how then Sylvie's just like, I don't need a ticket, waving her hand pretty much in front of the guy. She does the touchy enchanting thing and it works. It's a Sylvie mind trick. The, the Sylvie mind trick. And they're on, they're on the train now. I like how once they get on the train, Sylvie sits down first and Loki's like, no, 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 no. I, I can't face backwards on a train. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moment you should go, oh, character development, cool. Right. Oh, we finally learned something about Loki. Perfect. It's only his fucking show. <laughs> He can't face the back of a train while it's in motion. Loki gets motion sickness. We learned something today. We did. And now we're going to learn more because they're going to talk about their moms. Well, Loki's going to talk about his mom. Oh, that's right. (laughs) She's a a nice, decent woman. Raised him well. Taught him magic. Exactly. To which Sylvie says, "Ah, doesn't sound like your mom. Loki's like, yeah, sort of wasn't. I'm adopted. (laughs) Which she should have known. Because... She's like, I was too. Yeah. And he's like, wait, you knew? And it turns out that she was told right away about the adopted thing. Loki, not so much. Nope. And then I think we get possibly one of the largest moments in the MCU to this point, because we've hinted at this a little bit with some other characters. We've seen one other character, which we haven't talked about yet. When it gets to Endgame, we'll get there. But Sylvie is going to ask Loki, how's your love life? Kind of like a Tommy Wiseau to Mark in the room. <laughs> Just as jarring, too. Yeah. And she says, there must be some princesses out there or some princes. And Loki says, a little bit of both, but you already know that. Perfect. Absolutely beautifully handled Marvel. So well done. He just kind of tosses it out there like it's nothing because it is. You because know? it is nothing. And the show just rolls on. It just continues. And we're like, hey. Representation is important. We confirmed something we already kind of knew, but I'm happy you said it, show. Exactly. Thank you. It's important, and now it's out there. Exactly. And Sylvia's like, oh, yeah? You're bi? Well, I had a a long-term relationship with a postman. (laughs) I still don't know if she was telling the truth or not, or if she was (laughs) making a joke. (laughs) I have no idea. Sylvia tells Loki that he needs to relax, and he says, I'm going to relax with these two glasses of champagne. You relax your way, you know? We'll figure it out when we get to the place. So Sylvie falls asleep. And when she wakes up, Loki is no longer in his guard uniform. He is Asgardian drunk, <laughs> just singing along with the entire train, leading the train in a, in a chorus of some Asgardian song. And everybody's having a blast. They are having such a good time. And he's got his variant jacket again. Right. He's, he's back in his, his variant uniform from the TVA. <laughs> exactly. And he's really enjoying his drink. He smashes it on the on the floor and yells, "Another! Another! Such a good call! God damn it! What a good callback! Oh, I loved it! I loved it so much!" And drunk Loki's like, "Hey, I haven't answered your question about what love is, Sylvie. Uh, love, 
love is a, a dagger. So it's, I like how he goes on this long explanation of like you can use it to hurt somebody at a distance or up close. Yeah. And you can look at it and it's beautiful and it mirrors you or you can turn it on yourself. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> when you reach for it, it isn't real. Ah, uh, that's a bad metaphor. I love Loki. how she calls him out and he goes, I thought I had something there. It's <laughs> great. That is the ramblings of a drunk man. It's beautiful. It's I love so it so good. much. But it also might give you a little bit of an insight into how Loki's love life is. It's not great. It's, uh, painful. Painful. Absolutely. He's so drunk that somebody notices. Sylvie's like, hey, somebody noticed. And Loki goes, nah. Nobody noticed. The guard comes in and he's like ticking. He goes, I don't have a ticket. And the guard goes, well, I'm going to have to punch you then. And then he does. Yeah. And then they fight. They fight. And there's a lot of fighting. And they're, they're holding their own with, with the fighting. But then Loki throws a guy out a window. Right. <laughs> to which two more guards grab him. And throw him out the window. Yeah, typically when there's a hole that leads to the outside, it really opens up, well, a hole to the outside to get thrown <laughs> out of. And then they turn around and look at the rest of the train. They're like, no ticket. <laughs> I have to imagine Harrison Ford and Kevin Smith are both just smiling somewhere at that. Oh, absolutely. Sylvia's going to go, well, son of a bitch. He's got my temp pad. She dives out the window, too. <laughs> I like that it's like a literal dive. Yep. She just goes right for it. I also like that every time Loki lands from falling somewhere, he lands the exact same way as he did in Ragnarok when Doctor Strange had him in the, the tunnel of just falling for half an hour. <laughs> Does he really? He always lands the exact same way, and he always lifts himself up on his forearms, and it's hilarious. Oh, I love that. He's done it three times so far, twice just in this series. Just a Tom Hiddleston weird move that he likes to do, I think. Could be. Sylvie gets real pissed off at Loki, saying, what, what are you doing, bro? And he's like, I can't help it. I'm hedonistic. This is what we do. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're not even, I'm hedonistic. Tell you. But not when it affects the mission. And it greatly affects the mission because Tempad's broken. Tempad's broken. And that's, there's no Apple care on it. They recognize that the only thing left to do now is they have to get to the Ark that the train was taking them to. And they're going to have to fly off of this moon. If you will. Yeah, they're going to have to break the timeline and, and have some people survive so they can survive. Right, because the timeline itself says that that arc never made it out. Everyone died. There were no survivors. Exactly. So said, yeah, well, that happened without us, so let's go do it. I like that in this scene, Sylvie's pretty much defeated, and Loki's like, I still have an idea. We can still do this. Sylvie's so mad, she goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> she, she totally just, does. She yells, and all of a sudden, she's got green energy around her, and then there's a giant hole on the, on the ground. She, exactly. And she turns it into a seat, bug. so that's pretty good. <laughs> Comes in handy when you're camping. Yeah. It's a good power to have. Loki and Sylvie kind of talk it out, and they're trying to figure out about the whole trust between them. And Loki's like, you got to give me something to show that like you can trust me. She says, okay, this is how you do enchanting. I mean, I feel like that was probably a mistake. <laughs> that is probably pushing it way too far. Maybe, like, I don't know, give him a weird relic that you're carrying on you or something yeah. to, like, hold. Like, you would give, like, a credit card to somebody. Be like, don't go anywhere. I trust you. Yeah. or, like or that type of thing. Or tell him one thing about your past. Just one thing. Just one thing. Anything. No. <laughs> I'll tell you about my seemingly only power. It's a ballsy move because now he's going to try to use it. That's right. She also offhandedly mentions that everybody in the TVA is a variant, just like the two of them. 
Which is wild because Loki says, no, no, no. I was talking to Mobius and he said that the timekeepers created them. Yeah. And that's kind of. The cartoon clock told me that everybody there was created by the timekeepers. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's a lie. They, because she tells him when she was doing the, the, the mind fuckery on C20 that she had to go back like 100 years to when she was just a regular civilian. Exactly. So right away, either Mobius is lying to Loki about where the, the agents, the guards, whatever they might be at the TVA, yeah. where they came from. Or Mobius doesn't know. I like that Loki immediately defends him. He's like, they don't know. It is nice because it does keep the bromance alive it between does. him and Mobius. It does. And also makes you think, maybe there's a reason this guy likes jet skis so much. It's possible. For an episode without any Mobius in it, I was thinking a lot about Mobius at the end of it. That's just good storytelling then because it keeps the world alive around what's happening. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So Sylvie and Loki are going to make their way toward the arc through this neon cyberpunk world on this moon. I think it's a moon. It's named like a moon. It's got a dash one in the name. That's a good point, actually. And this is just a cool shot while they're they're running through this. It's like a continuous shot of them just avoiding damage at every turn. And it is so good. And there's a lot of damage because whatever's about to hit whatever they're on is now going like, I'm going to start spitting meteors at you. Just pa, 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 pa. a lot of them. And you're going <laughs> right. to be just bathed in purple light trying to avoid meteors. Oh, it looks great. And also, guards are going to show up because why not? Because of course they are. And they make their way through the streets pretty much unscathed. In fact, to a point where I was like, maybe they were never really in any danger being the two main characters of this, of this show. I don't know. Right. And then they get to kind of looking at the arc a little bit closer. They're at like the gate or whatever it is that's there. And you're like, oh, shit. They did it. They're going to get off of this, this moon. One of these stray meteors, a giant one, crashes right into the arc. Right. That arc is donezo. Yeah. Uh, Noah and all of his creatures are just really, they're fucked. Right. And they're not the only ones because Loki's looking at this thing like, what just happened? Well, that plan's not going to work. Looks like we're nope. going to die. And we're going to find out if they do next episode because that's how this one ends. Wild. Lamentous. Holy crap, another good episode. Very good. And I love that they let it hang on that cliffhanger. It's a short episode, too. It is. It's the shortest it's a one really we've short so one. far. And probably will be the shortest one when it comes. I I'm can't, fine with that. I can't say that. I don't know. <laughs> no, but tell the story and get out. That's all they're aiming to do. Yeah. It's chapters, man. That's all it is. I love it. You don't have to drag anything out. You say what you got to say. Bounce. That's it. Boom. We, we did it. We developed some characters. We absolutely did. And we should probably try to figure out what is going on in this story at this point. What is Sylvie after? Why did she do what she did in the second episode? My theory that I've been working on is, this is just a, a, a person that exists somewhere that all of a sudden an agency decided, no, you live in the wrong universe. We're going to eliminate you. So she's trying okay. to just save her universe. By creating a ton of universes? But yeah, I mean, at some point it's going to, she's going to have to deal with the consequences. I don't know if it's so much the consequence. I think she just needs to talk to the timekeepers and be like, hey, fuck's your problem? Why are you trying to commit mass <laughs> genocide of everybody not on the timeline that ends up with you in the top of this fucking tower? That's very fair. Which also leads me to think, uh, maybe we're not dealing with a Kang the Conqueror. Maybe we're dealing with an older version of a Kang the Conqueror, an Immortus. 
That would be huge. That would be very huge. And it's possible. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. It wouldn't surprise me either, but man, I can't wait until we meet those timekeepers. And I think the only thing cooler would be if we never met the timekeepers. Yeah, I mean, if they're even real. Exactly. There's so many questions. This is turning into like another WandaVision where, where you think you know where it's going and you're like, oh, nope, they got me again. You got to go along for the ride. You That's do. all it is. You do. And I know so many people that are like waiting on this show because they want to binge it. And it's like, no, I get why you want to binge it. I get it, but don't. There's so much fun in that week of just what do you think is going to happen? It's all about community with these things, man. Talk it out. Yeah. Have a good time. Speculate. Come up with some nonsense. Watch it live so you don't have to worry about spoilers. And then, you know, join a conversation. Exactly. Hypothesize. So you're getting off the Kang train. I wouldn't say I'm getting off the train. Okay. I'm just, uh, you know, moving to a different car. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) I'm kind of with you, but I don't know totally if I am yet. Because this show's not giving us anything to work off of, which I absolutely love because it leads to just wide open speculation, which is amazing. Yeah, you're kept completely in the dark until the things happen. Exactly. But we're halfway through now. Yeah, we've hit the halfway point. So things should start to happen. Things have been happening. Well, I mean, like, slowly, big things should start to unfold. You're saying resolutions should start to resolve. Yeah, or at least come to a head, to a point. Yeah. We, we are in rising action now. Rising action number two, I'd say. I, I agree, yeah. Of the grand scheme of this whole thing. This thing is really well paced. I'm really happy they took time to do a character episode. Me too. And it also, it raises so many questions about whose side should we be on in this? We have no idea. And Loki's not a hero. No, it, it should be noted. This is Marvel's first property that is titled for a villain. Which just makes it more complicated. He is actively trying to take over the TVA. Right. And he is not doing a good job, as Loki usually does. Right. Yeah, he's kind of predestined to fail, always. Always. But this is probably the most mischievous thing he's done, which is something, at least. That's true. He got called out on not being mischievous enough, and he goes, (laughs) (laughs) hold my champagne. From this guy who loves his Josta and jet skis. (laughs) Exactly. Owen Wilson's from the (laughs) 90s, for sure. Where do you think we go next episode, episode four? Let's get a little quick speculation. They're stranded right now. They are stranded. I think it's going to be an escape episode, and we're going to see what's happening at the TVA, I think, in in tandem with what's happening here. They're trying to track them down. Man, I'm on board with that if that's where it goes. Like a manhunting episode sort of thing? Yeah. Where probably Mobius ends up saving them both? I would, yeah. That feels appropriate. If that's what happens, I'm in. And if it's not what happens, I'm in. Because damn it, I'm in. Yeah, I am Full. I'm fully in in with this show. I love it. I, I... have a feeling that when this thing ends, it's not going to be all nice and tidy and, and tied up Oh, the God, bow. no. Not at all. And if the we do have a bow, I think that bow is just going to be like sheared going off in a lot of different branches yeah. of timelines. It, it sounds, like, Probably. sounds like one of those bows that has just a lot of things hanging off of it. Right. And we should say, while they are trying to get off Lamentis, there are timelines aplenty at this point happening deep in the background because of what Sylvie did last episode. Right. So got to keep the world as it is in the back of your head at the very least and not just what we're seeing here. It would be really cool to get an episode of just Mobius and some time Bureau people running around closing up <laughs> multiversal shenanigans, timeline fuckery. I'm in. I think it would be a little boring at a point where it's like you can only kill Hitler so many times, but <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Hitler is, is part of the uh, 
timeline. What is the the preferred timeline? The sacred, the sacred timeline. Sacred timeline. <laughs> like they call it the preferred timeline. Like it's not destiny. Well, here's the thing. It's just one person's version of what's supposed to happen. Or three people's version. Maybe. Three timekeepers' version. Three Maybe. lizards at the top of an elevator. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> loving the ride, man. I'm loving it. I can't stop saying I love it. I love it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Feels like I'm riding a jet ski in the early 90s. Yeah, exactly. I'm having a blast, and I can't wait Absolutely. to see what happens next. So like we've said every week that the show's been on, th- two weeks, two episodes we've done now, yeah. this is the third one, don't post spoilers on the main channel. Don't do it. No one's done it. You're all awesome for not doing it. Good job, everybody. Thank so you. far. Let's keep it up. So far, keep it up. But definitely send us direct messages or emails in order to say whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I got one. Oh, do you? Our good buddy Donnie, he wrote in saying that he's been watching a lot of Rick and Morty. Okay. And that <laughs> he's like secretly hoping that this whole season is going to end with a Council of Lokis. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> would that be too much of a good thing? I don't know. You know, there might be a limit to how much Hiddleston you can put on screen at once. I'm willing to find out. But you know what? You'll never know if you don't test it. So Exactly. Exactly. Start high, work it down until it just feels like, no, that's the right amount of Hiddleston for me. Council of Lokis is brilliant. I love it. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it makes it so we don't necessarily need a, a Council of Reeds later in the in the universe. That's very, very true. Didn't Isn't one of the writers on this thing a Rick and Morty writer? Yeah. So that's a possibility. Yeah, Michael Waldron is uh, a writer on Rick and Morty. So, you know, depending on how many ideas he's picking from Harmon. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Who knows? It could happen. That would be so cool. Donnie, thank you for the theory. Thanks for writing in. Again, do not post spoilers on the Facebook anything or anywhere publicly. Let right. people enjoy the show. Let people enjoy what they're watching and let them enjoy the ride. But... You can directly message Brian or myself or Cape Podcasters on Facebook. Send a message, or you can send an email to capepodcasters at gmail.com. Speaking of which, I do have an email. Okay. <laughs> we received an email this week from Phil Hawkins. Hey, Phil. He said, Guten Tag, boys. First time emailer, short time listener. I've been listening to the show for a couple months and wanted to let you guys know how much you're killing it each week. I picked up the show at Thor Ragnarok, possibly my favorite MCU movie today, and I'm kicking myself that it took me this long to start following the program. But at least there's an ample backlog to binge while I wait for new episodes to come out. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He made his own silver lining there. I love it. Enjoy your mini break during the Loki run. I look forward to when you guys return full-time once again. I'll leave you with my own actual IMDb trivia fact. You son of a... (laughs) We were doing so well! (laughs) We haven't had a single one during Loki. The Favreau Salute is a reference to Iron Man director John Favreau, who co-starred with Sean Astin in the movie Rudy. Astin went on to play Samwise Gamgee in The Lord of the Rings, one of the greatest <laughs> cinematic achievements of the 24th. He got both of us. He got both of us. I love it so much. That ah. right there is a, is a double dip. Yep. Well played. Bravo, Phil. Uh, he, Bravo. He leaves us with a PS, do a Patreon episode on Hudson Hawk, you cowards. Son of a bitch. I don't like this trend. This is a bad joke. <laughs> But also, Hudson kind Hawk, of on board. Right? Kind of on board for that one. That one would be a lot of fun. So, My list is so long right now. Same, but I, that, might, that might find its way on there. That's a good one. Wow. All right. Thank you for writing in, Phil. Yeah, thank you, Phil. 
Speaking of Patreon, just last week we released this month's episode on Little Shop of Horrors, so go check that out. We sing. We, we do. We sing. It's the only warning you're getting. And we want to thank Stephen Baker for his generous update and pledge this month. And we want to congratulate Stephen Baker. The birth of his son. Yeah. Just a few days ago. Congrats, man. And uh, congratulations to Micah on the birth of his son a few Boom. days ago. Sons all around. Everybody. Namesakes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Another. I like that. So if you have a son that you're having. <laughs> Are you suggesting they <laughs> spike it? <laughs> you should not spike your children. I've seen posters on the New York City subway of don't shake your child. Right. But I do think that would be a really fun sort of marketing material for don't Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> don't spike your child and yell another. Even though I got two daughters and if I had a third daughter, I'd be tempted. <laughs> Solid parental advice from Dave. You're very welcome, internet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow us on. Uh, we're we're everywhere. And yeah, like and follow us on the social media, but keep your spoilers off there. Keep them off of there! Or else we'll spike a baby in you. <laughs> you got anything else for this one? I got nothing. Fantastic. Next week, we're going to be talking about episode number four of Loki. We'll see you then. <laughs>